Okay, good morning everybody. So, it was uh, requested that we talk about a various Indian which I tried to look into, and this is the closest that we're going to get. Shadim. Demons. Do they or do they not exist? Now, I don't know the answer to the question. And the truth is that there are many, 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 many on this. I did not have the chance, I will admit to you now, I did not have the chance to go through all of the Marmakomis and all the different places. There are many, many more from what I'm going to be talking about. But I just want to, I decided instead of going through the broad idea of demons and shadim and where we find them and where they're talked about, whether it's in Chazal, whether it's in Allah and different places, I want to concentrate on one place that we seem to find it again and again and again. And I thought this would be a very good place to start with to understand the idea of shadim, demons, and how it actually applies to halacha and our lives as well. Okay? So, basically it starts like this. And this is Be'ez HaShem, the sugya that we're going to be dealing with for the next few minutes. So bear with me. It's a great sugya, And like I said, we're not going to do justice to the sugya in the few minutes that we have. But at least we'll have a little bit of an understanding just to see what the idea is, a tip in the ocean of where we're coming from. So there was a yid that everybody probably has heard of. And this yid is called Rabbi Yehuda HaChosid. Rabbi Yehuda HaChosid was actually born in 1150. He died in Regensburg in 1217. Now, he was actually one of the main teachers of Hasidic Ashkenaz and received most of his knowledge from his father, Rabbi Shmuel HaChosid. Now, there's a famous tzavod, there's a will that was written and the, uh, it's brought down and accepted that the person that wrote the will was Rabbi Yehuda HaChosid Shapiro who was the author of the Sefer Hasidim. Now he was also, by the way, just to let you know who this person is, before we talk about who the, what he said, let's talk about who he is for a moment. So, he was the author of the Sefer Hasidim, as we mentioned, he was a Talmud of one of the Tosfas, he was the Rebbe of the Marami Rutenberg, who was the Rebbe of the Rosh and, and the Mordechai, the back of the Gemara. Many Poskim say that what he wrote was written with Ruach HaKodesh. It wasn't just Stam. Um, in fact, if you look, let me just get, gather a couple of things over here. But um, Rav Yehuda HaChosid, according to many, was a Talmud of the Rihazokin, the Balatosvus, and he himself was one of the Balatosvus. Rav Yehuda HaChosid, according to many, was one of the Balatosvus. If you look in Boba Metzir, Dafheim at base, Tosvus Diva Maskel Choshid, it seems that Rav Yehuda HaChosid was one of the people in Tosvus. So we're dealing with someone very holy. We're dealing with someone that we would sit and delve into their words and understand what they're trying to say for hours. And he wrote a will. And, this, and in this will is what I want to bring to your attention. Some amazing, amazing things that come out of here and to see some of the things that are listed. I'm not going to go through all the list. There are many, many, many things in the list. Different versions of how many things. But there are many, many things in the list. And I want to pick out one or two things in the list that apply to our sugya of Shadim and demons. So it goes like this. First of all, the question is like this. Um, it's brought down, the Shulchan Atayad, and from the Minna Kamarna says that if a person is not careful with the items that we're about to mention, that we're in the will of Rabbi Rachosit of Nitzavah, a person would have to give Din Vacheshbun for such a thing. And even though we normally say, according to many, Shayma Mitzvah, Layedu Dabarah, Bazar Mitzvah, no, it's okay, everything will be okay. According to many poskim, we do not say that by the things that we're going to mention. And this is also important, who the will is for. We'll have to talk about maybe at the end to see if it's for everybody, if it was only for his kids, that we'll talk about. Okay, so let's start 
with, with the item in the will number 20. Okay? Item in the will number 20. Some of these things you may have heard of, some of these things you probably haven't. Rebuda Hossid says that it's absolutely terrible to close up a window or a door. If you close up a window or door, it's a terrible, terrible thing. And he explains why. He says, because we need a window or a door for the shadim to leave the building. There has to be an exit. And if you close up a window or a door, you will not have an exit for the shadim to go. It's quite clear from Yehuda Chassid. Again, Bali Tosfus, shadim. And not only do they maybe exist, they're in a person's house. Right? More than maybe Abiy Allah as well, when a person needs a bathroom, could be there following him. All sorts of different things as well that we have to talk about, which is why it's important to wash your hands, maybe make a bracha shayotza, to get rid of them. All sorts of things, right? But again, more specific over here. If you close up a window, you close up a door, you are not enabling the shadim to leave, and therefore what you need to do, this is very nagir, people go to their houses, they build a house, they don't like the window in that position, so they move it to a different position. So if you're moving it within Daladamas, you're normally okay. But if you're closing it completely and opening it up in a different room, so you should allow a little hole. Once you've had the hole, you can put a cupboard in front of it, or you know, anything else, a picture, there's no problem whatsoever. But... Um, some say it even applies into a shawl as well, and you can cover it with something after you've made a hole. But you should make a hole in that case. Some people actually say that it means that you took out the frame of the only if you t- if you took out the frame of the window. But if you left the frame of the window there, then maybe it's okay. There are different versions of that. And like I said, if there's a um, some hold, some hold that if you have a window right next to it, so since there's another window right next to it, the shading could go up from there. But uh, at the end of the day, that is a very important thing. So that's number one. Again, balitosis, a vision. The Rebbe of the Rock, you know, there's serious, serious things over here. And yet we find that closing up a window is a problem of not allowing the Shadim to leave the building. Let's move on to number two. I wonder how many people know the following. Says Rebbe Chosid in item in the will number 49, he says as follows It's absolutely dangerous to move an oven. Okay? Yeah, you have to know these things. Well, I'm teaching you things that you have to know. It's very nice to teach you Hochus Brachus. No, everyone knows Hochus Brachus, right? I'll teach you the stuff that you don't know. The stuff that not everybody grows up with. You knew this? It's terribly dangerous. You move an oven, and you're putting yourself in immense, immense danger. Why? Because so there is shade under the oven. And when you move the oven, you're going to be allowing them, and you're starting up with the shade That's what Rebbe Yudah Chosid writes. And he's a Rishon. So we have to listen to Rabbi Isai. Now there's another reason. I found a beautiful other reason as well. This is amazing. Another reason, the Mekar Chesed brings this reason. He says that an oven, so interesting, an oven that bakes is like a tree that makes fruit. And just like you can't chop down a tree that has fruit, you can't take away an oven because it's like chopping down a fruit tree. So interesting. But Rabbi Chesed him says that if you, if you move an oven, you're starting up with the Shadim, the demons, and don't do that because it's not worth it. Okay, so be very, very careful. Um, this is brought down by the way La Halacha Lemaisa right the Benishchai brings it the Kavachai many many posts can bring down this one La Halacha and a person should be careful of moving an oven um, someone is say that if you didn't use it for a while then it's okay to move it if it hasn't, or for example if you're going to fix it that's also okay sometimes to fix an oven you have to pull it out sort of get to the back over there whatever it is that's fine that's not a problem it's only moving it permanently or something like that um it does not apply to radiators, and if and um, if it was only used for cooking, if it was only used for cooking and not baking, some are, some are lenient in that case. Okay, why exactly that's the case? That's already a different shaila. Uh, is in fact, what do you do if you need to move an oven? Let's say you want to move your kitchen to a different room. So what do you do? So some say sell it to a goy. 
you sell the oven to a guy, so therefore it doesn't belong to you, and therefore it doesn't belong to you, because you're shade him under there, and then you're okay. I'm not sure. A long, a while. Not, not a couple of days. I don't know. I don't, I, I, some of these things, you know, they, they say it, but like you try to figure out what they mean. I don't know. It's not really clear. It's not brought down. It's a problem. It's a problem. Um, what's that? No, no, you shouldn't move it. It should not be done. Oh, you're knocking down the whole house. We're starting again. No, no, they're not really moving the oven. You're getting rid of it. What's that? If we furbish the garden, you're putting it back. It's like fixing it. If you're putting it back in that place, that's normally fine. Um, that's again, that's not fine. Clean for Pesach. You're taking out the oven, cleaning behind it, push it back in again. That's fine. That's not a problem. I have to tell, tell you, again, a lot of these things are brought down in the Beisha'ah and whatever. Someone will say, only if you're sleeping in the place of the oven is a problem. Only if you're sleeping. Like, for example, one of the rooms in Yeshiva, I'm not going to tell you which one, it used to be a kitchen. Yeah, you know. <laughs> okay, you know. you know. Okay, let's leave that to the side for a moment. Someone will say such a shot, but it's not brought down according to everybody, okay? <laughs> All right, let's move on. Beseda. Um, now, some do say it's brought down that if another oven will be put down in its place, then there's no problem, which is what happens when a person refurbishing the kitchen and everything else. If the house... Oh, your question, very good. If the entire house is demolished, then it seems to be that moving the oven to a different place after you refurbish or leave whatever it is to the house, then that will be okay. Now, it's actually interesting, and I just have to tell you as well, the Dakachuva brings down that it's only a danger for the person that moves the oven. If you get a boy, you know, the guy who's builder or someone to do it, that's not my problem. And it's even if I own the house and I own the oven, that's not my problem. The one who moves it, starting up with the shade That's why you're okay, Baruch Hashem. No. Okay, well, that was number 49 on the list. Let's go. I'm, I'm scanning around just to try and get a little bit of understanding. We're going to number 22 on the list. Okay, this one is slightly off of what we're discussing, but just an Indian. Um, it's just because it's interesting. This is probably one of the most famous ones. And you guys have to know this. The Buddha Chostan said is a very, very, very big Indian for a person, not for a girl, not to marry a boy that has the same name as her father. And for a boy not to marry a girl that has the same name as his mother. Right? Now this, as I said, is brought down the halacha. Many, many gedolei poiskim. Right? It's a very, very big Indian. Some of the reasons is because kibbutz of aim. Because if, if the, you know, the, the spouse has the same name, you're not going to be able to call the spouse by the first name of one of the parent. Because that's if you're calling the parent, and we know you're not allowed to do that. And that's one of the reasons. Some people say to change the name. It also doesn't apply to a nickname. You know, if the name is, is, is everyone calls him Chai, and, and the father's called Chaim, then that wouldn't be a problem because that's a nickname, that will be okay. If it's a second name, like a Hebrew name that no one uses, that's no general would be okay, and things like that. If they added a name because of sickness, that's generally also okay. Um, someone will say the Chosen of the Talmud Chochem, then the minig is to be Meikom, many are Machma in such a case, some will make it of the child if a person needs a Shidduch, if they know as a Moichel, after engagement, second marriage, all these sorts of things. Okay, so that's just an Indian which I thought I'd bring to your attention. But let's move back to our sugya. Item number seven on the list, okay? We're up, up to number number seven on the list in Rebuda Chosid. And this was a very common shayla. I get the shayla all the time. Are you allowed to remove a mezuzah from the door? And it happens all the time, especially in this area where I have Bochum coming in, coming out, and they call me up and say, listen, I bought a special mezuzah when I came. I'm moving dira, moving apartment, I'm getting married, whatever it may be. Can I take my mezuzah off and put it in my new place? Okay? So people don't know this. It's a Buddha Chosid. It's brought down the Hanukkah as well. That if you move out of the house, you're leaving the house, you should not. It, it's terribly dangerous to take your mezuzah off. In fact, when people used to ask the Chazan Ish such a Shaila, he would not answer the Shaila. Because he said, it's, it's a Dinah Sakona, it's dangerous, I don't know, I'm not getting involved. 
Okay? So taking off a mezuzah is dangerous. In fact, there's a Gemara. The Gemara Bar Metziah that everybody knows, Daf Kubay Salman Aleph, right? The Gemara brings a very famous story of a, of a person that removed the mezuzah off of his door, and the Gemara tells us what happened to him. Kubay Salman Aleph, no? Murchai. He ended up burying his wife and two of his children. Okay, so it's a very, very dangerous thing. What's that? That's right. You never remember. What's the reason? What's the reason? What's the problem? Oh, Hashem, I'll be mechad or something. You know, the whole time I'm giving Shurim. Brachas, yeah, we know that. Shabbos, yeah, we know that. This, ooh. You know, people don't know these things. Gavaldi. What's the reason? What's the problem with taking off a mezuzah? So, you know, Rebuna Chosid brings... Then when you take a mezuzah off a house and you're leaving a house at a mezuzah, the mazik and the shadim just like just just enter. Kolzman, you have your insurance policy, you have your mezuzah there, you're okay, because that's guarding the house. That's a shmira, as everyone knows what a mezuzah is. Because shmira they have in your house, more than insurance that you can take out in your house is your mezuzah. But if you take off the mezuzah, you're allowing the shadim to go inside. It's a terrible, terrible thing. And therefore a person should be very careful. However, as uh, Moshe wanted to ask, what about taking it to be checked? So taking it to be checked is okay, because you're going to bring it back. That's not a problem. In fact, you should know there are stories of Gedoli Poskim that took off the mezuzah and they would stand there by the sofa waiting for them to finish and run back to the house one by one to make sure that the room shouldn't be without a mezuzah because they're worried about this danger, about this sakana of shame coming inside. And therefore, a person has to be careful. If you're renting it or selling it to a guy, then for sure you should take it off. Because, not because you want the shading to go in, but because you don't want the guy, because you don't want the guy to be in the zalzal, maybe he'll take it, burn it, chuck it in the bin, it's a zalzal to kiss the kodesh, and therefore you should make sure that that is the case. If it's, being t- if it's being painted, and you know that the painters will take it off, throw it in the garbage, throw it on the floor, or something like that, then you know, everyone knows the famous story about the mezuzah, right? Oh, come on, everyone knows the famous story. I don't even have to say this story, but I'm going to say it anyway, because it's such fun. Who is it? I don't remember who it was. One of the bottom in America said this story. They were in the apartment building, and somebody knocks on the door. Big goy. Mamisha goy. Knocks on the door and says, Rabbi, could you help me put my mezuzah on? What? You put a mezuzah on? Yeah, what do you mean? I heard it's a safeguard, it's a shmirah, it's everything like that. You know, what's... So he said, sure. Why not? What do, what do I care? So he goes over there, and... Um, he said, give me the case. She has a case, it's empty. I like one of those plastic see-through cases. It's empty. He said, um, where, where's the piece, you know, that came with like a writing? Oh, the instructions. No, I threw those out. I don't need instructions. It's okay, I know how to put up a on my door, right? That was the Misa. But like upon him, it's a very, very big sakona for a person to, um, to have this situation, to make sure that a person uh, does it. Again, this is what I'm talking Tell us the moment it brings you. Take a mezuzah sakana because it allows the shadim to come inside. There's another thing as well. This one probably is more known. I imagine this one is more known. Cutting your hair and your nails on Rosh Chodesh. Right? This one already is brought down in the Mishaburah. The Chavetz Chaim brings this down. And it's based on Kabbalah. Um, someone is saying, in fact, that the reason is because of danger. The Behatev said this sakon is dangerous for a person to cut his hair or his nails on Rosh Chodesh. And it applies to the first day of a two-day Rosh Chodesh. Some say it applies to both days. And uh, therefore we know that many people do not cut their hair, shave, or their nails on two days or even one day of a Rosh Chodesh. Because of Yudah Chosad. What's that? Sakon, no one said, because of this. No idea exactly what the sakon is, but there seems to be a sakon over there. Someone will say you shouldn't even do it for a Shkadish rules on a Friday and do the covered Shabbos. Many say you can be lenient. But there's a very important thing which I want to just discuss over here, right? We've gone through a couple of them. There's obviously a lot more. It's impossible to go through all of them. But I wanted to bring, bring this to your attention. People often ask, and I've been asked many times, are there shadim? 
You know, it's one of those dinosaur theory things, right? Now, we can see it in many, many places, and I said there's loads of microcomics about this, and we're not going to do justice to the subject. It is a tip in the ocean. But we see it again and again and again. Rabbi Yehuda HaChosid, which is one of the Balitosphers, right? Pulled down, as we said in Bomatsia, brings down that a person has to be careful of anything. Now, there's a big question here. Do we have to keep all of these things? It's not Bordanish. Most of them, about all of them, are not Bordanish or Chalach. Halacha Lemaisa. Do we have to keep these things or do we not have to keep these things or not? So I have to tell you, and this is very, very important to the Sugya, because it makes a big difference. Do we have to keep this? So there's a Maram Mintz in Tshuva Semenai in Tess, where he brings on the Tzavor Rebuda Chosid, he says, Lemaisa, most of them do not apply anymore. They don't apply and therefore the shading situation danger is obviously not of a danger anymore, and therefore we're okay. More, more famous is a Nodib Yehuda, Evan has a seminar in Tess, that talks about a color and her mother-in-law that has the same names, and the Nodib Yehuda clearly writes a very important thing, which Rabbi Zeril Orbach Shlita told me, shame his father in Rabbi Yashif. When I asked Rabbi Zeril Orbach about the shayla of cutting nails on, you know, on Rosh Chodesh and shaving and these sorts of things, he said to me, B'Shem, his father in Rabbi Yashiv Zatzal, that Rabbi Yashiv held the halacha l'maysa, Rabbi Yehuda HaChazid was said, the will that he wrote was said for his descendants. It was not said for all of Klal Yisrael. Why? And this Rabbi Yehuda brings out, and Rabbi Yehuda says the same thing, again, Ebenezer 7 9 test says, Rabbi Yehuda HaChosid commanding his generations, meaning his descendants, to follow this, because he saw Baruch HaKodesh, that certain things wouldn't work if they don't follow certain Mahalchim. And therefore for them, they have to keep it. And that's what the Nerd Behuda says, and therefore the Shev Yaakov says the same thing as well. There's a Shad Shuvah's Ramatz in Yerodeism in Mem Zayin. There's a Chasam Soifer as well that says the same thing in Shuvah's Yerodeism in Kufla Matchas. Better not to listen to Shuvah's to Rabbi Lachosid. So it seems to be, even though there are many, by the way, on the other side say to be Machmeh, like I said, the Mishabur brings down one of them as well, which is why many are Machmeh, at least on that one, because here the Mishabur brings it. But Allah, what do we see? People get very nervous when it comes to Sakona. Perhaps more than Halacha itself. Whether that's right or wrong is a different shayla. Chazal tell us, it's a Gemara, Chazal tell us, Chamira Sakanta Miyasura. Chamira Sakanta Miyasura. For example, I'll give you an example. We all know, there's Halacha in Shulchan Aruch, everyone knows in your day, there's Simon Pezayin, of a problem of eating fish, and what? Meat together. Now there's a shayla of fish and milk, right? Everyone knows, Shulchan Aruch says fish and milk, don't have pizza with tuna on it. Or don't have lax and cream cheese bagel. Right, that's what Shulchan Aruch says. Says the Shach and the Taz, the printing error, it's a mistake. Really, it should meant meat and fish. There's no sakona in meat and, in meat and uh, cheese and fish. No sakona bachlal. For meat and fish, for sure, sakona is more for Shigamara, right? It's a Gemara. Fish and meat is a sakona. To eat fish and meat cooked together, baked together, roasted together, is mamash a sakona. Because there's a maziki, all sorts of things going on. Saras, all sorts of things a person can have. It's a tremendous sakona. For a person to have meat and fish together, tremendous sakona. We know on Friday night, what do we do? On Friday night, after eating the fish, what do we do? We rinse out your mouth. The bacham of Eimachbun on this, you have to have whiskey. Because it's double chorif, and I've got to make sure to get rid of all the bleeds in my mouth, right? It's a serious thing. Nothing happens in Kalisol for nothing, right? That drink that people have after the fish isn't a stump because Kalisol won't have an excuse to have a party. Also. But, the, you know, the reason is because I'll be alocha. Yodei is sebekuf design. Brings down that a person has to be careful not to have them together. It's a sakon. It's mama shakon. It's chamir sakon to be serious. They ask once from Chaim Kanievsky. Just like you're not allowed to put meat and milk on the same table, Yodei Simon. Hello? No? So therefore, does the same thing apply 
to fish and meat, which is also sakana. Fish and meat, mama sakana. Put down the gemara. Paskan alocha. Chuchna. Give this. Some gufta zayin. See base. I not on the same table. The alocha is. So he said to him, "Chayyim Yeski." Chayyim Yeski says also the Ashur of Vadia, Chacham of Vadia, and he said, "What do you mean? It's motor why?" Because it's so homo, because it's sakana, people get more nervous. So people are more careful. So when it comes to Dibbe Sakana, people are nervous. But what we have to remember is, is that in Ochanami, things are brought down Allah, but most of the can say that the Tzavos of Abudah Chosa were Dafka said for his descendants, and Rabbi Yashas that's held this way, others are Machmeh, it's true. But most posts can held, you can be naked on most of them, and therefore we don't have to worry. So while it's see, we can see that the Shadim do exist, and there definitely is. I was sitting next to a yid called Rabbi Yosef Stern. Rabbi Yosef Stern, Zatzal, was uh, the brother of Rabbi Moshe Aaron Stern, Meshkirch of Kamenitz Yeshiva. So he, Rabbi Yosef Stern was his brother. He lived just down the road from here in Meisharim. I used to say, I sat next to him for years and years. We were very close. He was Rabbi Nossin Svi Finkel, the Rashiva of the Mir's Rebbe. Okay, so when he used to come to Mir, Rabbi Nossin called him to the front. Mir, Rabbi Nossin used to go visit him on Yontov. He was a very, very chashviyid. He didn't look at people in the face because of their Acheretz, whatever. I remember distinctly, I used to sit there for many different interesting things that people used to come. It was big bucking Kabbalah. Someone came to him and said that in the middle of the night, they heard a smash. True story. They heard a smash. I can, I can give you the phone number of the person that it happened to. They, they came out. They thought maybe something happened. Maybe someone's in the house. I don't know, burglars, whatever. This is a hot service. And they saw a glass on the counter. Smashed. Every door is closed. Every window is closed. The cupboard from where it came from was closed. So, where was it? If it was on the counter, it wouldn't just smash. If it was above, then had it smashed and the door closed behind it? I don't know. But he came to ask the Gracious Stearns that cell. And he asked him, and I was there. And he said, It's probably a mice shade him. So, you need to do certain things. And he told him certain things with candles, whatever it was, to get rid of the shade him, to get rid of them. So, I don't know if they do exist, they don't exist. I'm not, I don't claim to know these things and understand these things. But we definitely see. That there are things involved leaving the bathroom. We talk about Al Pialacha, that person has to wash his hands, the Lizadaim, is a mockum of Tumma, Mokum of Tumma the Shadim that attach a person to a person, we've got to get rid of them. There's many other things as well which we're not going into this moment of time as well. But the Yisoid is the Maisa, according to many, Shema Mitzvah Dovera, as long as we're doing mitzvahs and we're doing things in the correct way, we're okay. Most posts came hold, we do not have to be Khajrida Khasid, but it's something just to bear in mind that these things do exist. We have to be careful of them. The bunch of created various things in the world. We don't understand what they do, what they accomplish, what's their purpose. I don't know. But many of them do exist. They're around. And the main thing is, as long as we're doing Torah and mitzvahs, and we have a good koyach, and a good positive vibes going out in the air, so hopefully they'll all stay away from us. And Ma'ez Hashem will have a very, very successful and wonderful life. Have a wonderful day, everybody. And thanks for listening.